Welcome back to New Rockstars, I'm Eric Voss, and this is a breakdown of The Mandalorian Chapter 7, The Reckoning, in which Mando reconnects with most of the crew he's met this season, and they all respond, you son of a bitch, I'm in. And we're left with a heartbreaking cliffhanger for the finale, but also possibly a setup for the rise of Skywalker? Well, I'll explain all the major details that you might have missed from this episode, and spoiler warning if you haven't seen it yet. Okay, the episode opens with Mando on the Razor Crest. Now, if you know your Orbesh, you know that that text translates to incoming com, which I guess you also so it could have gotten from the context because yeah, he's getting a call here later. The screen translates to autopilot, which um, yeah, you, you also could have gotten from the context. Shut up. Mando's former guild leader, Grief Karga, offers to clear his record if he takes out Werner Herzog's client character. Obviously, this plan stinks of trap fearing Mon Calamari, but Mando agrees and returns to Sorgon from episode four to recruit Cara Dune. Cara's mid-fight with a Zabrak, the same species as Maul. Notice the horns and the tattoos. This tethered fight is a parallel conjoined test of strength that Kara will later compete with Mando on when they arm wrestle. And her overpowering the Zabrak here sets up how dramatic it is when later she loses the arm wrestling against Mando due to Baby Yoda force choking her. On the crest, Mando lets Kara pick from his armory and she snatches a thermal detonator grenade like an apple. We never see her use it. So I'm guessing that she'll whip out this thing in some surprise moment in the finale episode, maybe to escape Moff Gideon and all those troops. The kid will never be safe until the imp is dead. Baby Yoda, Spider-Man's down to listen in on this and notice how right after this, the crest nearly crashes as Baby Yoda steers the joystick wildly. Is the kid just playing? Or is this another example of how Baby Yoda understands a lot more than we think and knows it's a bad idea to head back to the Imperial territory, so it's desperately trying to steer them away? But before I continue, thank you to Bang Energy for sponsoring this episode. Every can of Bang is 16 ounces. That's right, no wimpy 12-ounce cans here. It contains 300 milligrams of caffeine, it's sugar-free and has zero calories. Yet, it tastes great with over 20 flavors to choose from. One of those flavors is Star Blast. It is sweet, it's unassuming, strong, and already I'm feeling jazzed. I feel like a star, and I feel blasted, and I got no regrets. Look, there are mornings when I was up late the night before writing a full movie breakdown, and I'm just like really dragging, but a can of Bang Energy helps pick me up so I can star, blast, through, more, work. Actually, check out Bang on Instagram. That can be you. And you can get 20% off your order at bangenergy.com when you use the code NEWROCKSTARS25. There you can get a variety 12-pack with a dozen of their flavors. Flavors like sour pina colada, cotton candy, rainbow unicorn. I have no idea what a rainbow unicorn should taste like, but I bet it's magical. Thanks again to Bang Energy for sponsoring this breakdown. Get 20% off at bangenergy.com using the code NEWROCKSTARS25. And follow the inventor of Bang on Instagram at bangenergy.ceo. The next crew member Mando needs is a babysitter, bringing him back to Arvala 7, to the Blurg Ranch of his Ugnot friend Quill, aka Pig Nolte. It hasn't grown much. I think it might be a strand cast. I don't think it was engineered. I've worked in the gene farms. This one looks evolved too ugly. Ooh, so let's uh, define some terms here. A strand cast is a new Star Wars term, presumably slang for genetically engineered being or clone. Strand may be referring to like a DNA strand and cast for how they're outcast to society. We have speculated that cloning may be making a comeback in the Star Wars universe, with a Kamino patch visible on Dr. Pershing in previous episodes, and theories that Palpatine in The Rise of Skywalker could have returned via cloning technology. Kuil's rationale is that Baby Yoda is too ugly to have 
been genetically engineered. How dare you, Pig Nolte? But also, that clones are designed to age faster. The opposite of old Baby Yoda there. That doesn't necessarily rule out cloning, though. Boba Fett was a clone of Jango Fett without sped up aging. And you wouldn't clone Yoda just for his looks. You'd clone him to get another f***ing Yoda. But the fact that this episode brought up genetic engineering at all is significant. Maybe something to keep in mind heading into The Rise of Skywalker. Kuil reveals that he scavenged the assassin droid IG-11 and reprogrammed him with domestic functions. He says that he did so under the charter of the New Republic, suggesting that the New Republic is struggling to rewrite the laws post-Empire and is starting with simple codes like binders keepers. There's an extended montage showing Kuil's humorous retraining of IG-11, some fun VFX details like the frogs hopping out of the trough when he pours in the feed, and IG-11 lightly kicking away a lizard so he doesn't crush it. Kuil states, Droids are not good or bad. They are neutral reflections of those who imprint them. So not only does this line serve to chip away at Mando's bias against droids, it also parallels Mando's rearing of Baby Yoda, who in the next scene reveals itself as not an inherently good Jedi type, but also a danger capable of Sith moves like... <sighs> Yikes, a four stroke. Do all you guys still feel good about those Baby Yoda tattoos? When Mando says she's a friend, notice how Baby Yoda nods its head no. The fact that the killer IG-11 can be taught kindness stresses how crucial it is to teach empathy to this living child. Kuil said that he heard rumors about this stuff from his time as a slave for the Empire. Yeah, no kidding. In The Empire Strikes Back, Vader averaged one force choke per meeting. Kuil says that he was a slave for three human lifetimes, meaning he must have been a slave before the Empire. They meet up with Grief and his other bounty hunters on the lava fields of Navarro. At night, they are attacked by these winged creatures, which could be the pterosaurs, aka soarers from Legends, or maybe the Rupings from the Clone Wars animated series, native to the planet Onderon, and used as war beasts and mounts. After attempting to heal Mando in a previous episode, Baby Yoda now helps grief and introduces a new ability to the official Star Wars canon, Force Healing. Baby Yoda both heals the flesh wound and rids the poison from his body. This would have come in handy with Qui-Gon. Afterwards, grief changes his plan to double-cross Mando and suddenly shoots his other men and notice how his quick draw surprises even Mando and Kara. Like, if he wanted to shoot them, they would not have seen that coming. The new plan is to cuff Mando and disguise him as a prisoner, similar to the plan to cuff Chewie in A New Hope, and they get in past stormtroopers on speeder bikes, and they meet with Werner Herzog's character who brings up the history between the Mandalorians and the rise of the Empire. Why did Mandalore resist our expansion? The Empire improves every system it touches. Improves every system it touches? Look, I know it's a bit murky who's in charge since the Empire collapsed, but it's odd for the client to be speaking about the Empire in present tense. Maybe his loyalty has made him delusional. Or maybe he's still connected with some efforts to keep fragments of the Empire intact and secret. But Herzog gets a call from his boss, Moff Gideon. Giancarlo Esposito, Gus Fring from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. He hints that they actually don't have the child, and then blaster fire tears through the joint killing the client and making his previous statement a bit ironic now. Look outside, I see nothing but death and chaos. These shooters are Death Troopers, first introduced flanking Admiral Krennic in Rogue One, but never utilized that much. Notice how the barrels of their rifles are charred, the paint seared off from blaster fire. Behind them, dozens of stormtroopers arrive from an Imperial troop transport shuttle, and notice that unlike the stormtroopers we've seen so far in The Mandalorian, these ones have clean armor, suggesting a segment of the Empire that hasn't wallowed into dusty, desperate irrelevance. These guys shower. And behind them arrives Moff Gideon in a TIE fighter that makes an epic landing. It's wings 
folding in. They fold now? They fold now. We haven't seen ties do this before. This appears to be based on leftover concept art that Lucasfilm's Doug Chang designed for The Force Awakens. And in a heartbreaking cliffhanger, the speeder bikes intercept Baby Yoda, leaving behind the corpse of Pig Nolte. Hopefully IG-11 left behind on the crest will swoop and rescue them and maybe soften Mando's hatred of droids. Or even better, Baby Yoda could just grab the steering controls of the speeder bike, just like how he did on the crest. Comment down below with your thoughts on this episode. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at EA Voss and subscribe to New Rockstars with breakdowns of everything you love. Thank you for watching. Bye.